Jonathan De Lawrence. Right through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller has scored for Stone. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw and joining me is Tom Thrower. You're right. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. um, I could it could be worse, couldn't yeah, it? I guess. Yeah, uh, it's a Sunday after Stoke City nil, Bournemouth won, Nathan Arke's First half header, the difference between the two teams. Tom, what did you make of not only the result but our performance? I don't know. It's a strange one because it was it was one of those ones where you feel straight after the match that oh god, how have we lost? Sort of how bad were we then? And looking back on it, sort of, I don't think it was as bad as I felt it was in the first place because actually, Eddie Howe just got it perfect in those first. 30 minutes they totally outplayed us and they got their lead and then sort of we did dominate but they could let us dominate because we're just toothless up front we just don't finish anything and it's really has been the crux for our last three years and it looks like it's going to carry on being yeah um i think that was arguably our worst display of the season given the uh, level of the opposition we were playing against and how yeah just I think with the exception of possibly some of the defenders everyone had a poor game in my opinion uh, the biggest problem for me was that there just wasn't a midfield presence at all now uh, a lot of people have pointed to the absence of Glenn Whelan uh, as being a potential sticking point for us I'd maybe think that and the absence of Jeff Cameron meant we didn't have a defensive midfield to speak of at all. I know Alan was supposedly in his more natural position of central midfielder, but the amount of space that we allowed Bournemouth to have in midfield was just appalling at times. Um, Bojan had uh, one of his worst games for a while, uh, not having an impact on the game at all. Missed the penalty, of course. Boney was uh, ineffective. Shakiri had a poor game. And uh, if you've read my Twitter timeline, you'll know my thoughts on Charlie Adams' performance, which was, oh dear, I'm, I never want to see that again. Yeah. He really couldn't sort of be kept up to the levels that he's had in those last two games. But I think that's down to Bournemouth again, sort of West Ham and um, whoever we played before West Ham. I've already forgotten. Uh, Swansea. Swansea. Uh, let Adam have a lot of time on the ball and that's when he's at his most effective and he can pick out the passes. But Bournemouth just rushed him. And I don't think I can get on board with the... We were missing Glenn Whelan. OK, yeah, we didn't have a defensive midfielder. But um, I think Hughes just sort of picked Adam, Allen and Bojan and was like, right, go play. It didn't look like any of them had been assigned a role. So you just had this mess of them in the middle. And yeah, it was it was just awful yeah that's a funny one I mean in the absence of Cameron and Whelan I can understand why he picked that midfield the way he did and I think uh, when the team sheet was announced I think 
uh, a lot of the reaction I saw was very positive about it. I thought a lot of people thought, right, okay, Whelan's out. That means Arlen drops back, Bergeon plays there. But we just lacked any sort of cohesion. As you say, it was it was like we'd just been told to... They'd just been told they were playing there and then didn't know what exactly they were doing. I mean, you, you say about... Um, Charlie hadn't been closed down, but even like towards the end of the game where we just played played the uh, long ball, like give it to Charlie Adam, Charlie Adam fires it up the pitch to Peter Crouch. He was sitting at 20 yards behind Peter Crouch to Joe Allen or someone. Even his passing was utterly abysmal. And uh, I, I don't want to like make this a podcast about or just picking on one player because as I say, I don't think anyone has a particularly strong game, with possibly the exception of Phil Bardsley. But uh, there was just the the standard Charlie Adam moment of him giving the ball away and then hacking down someone just because he's annoyed with himself, which happens every game, it seems to me, with him. But, uh, yeah, as I say, no one played particularly well, I, I don't think. Um, Shakiri should have yeah, put the ball yeah, in the net. should have buried that chance. Um, but I, I, yeah, it, it's just again I feel the the lack of leadership in the squads done us again because we didn't look like a team who hadn't lost for six matches. We looked like the team that Bournemouth were, the team who just come off the back of losing to the two teams bottom of the table. Yeah, and being truly spanked by one of them. Yeah, it was like a team of strangers. It, it was like we hadn't played together at all, and we I, I know. We'd, we've talked about on the podcast this run of seven games, how they were all perfectly winnable. And, OK, we didn't expect us to go through the whole thing unbeaten. But to lose like that in the manner we did was particularly disappointing because just how disjointed we were, just the amount of poor decisions that were being made by otherwise really good players. I thought it really lacked creativity as well. And then those sub sort of compounded that because yeah okay we started to create more when Walters and Crouch were on the pitch but short of that Walters free header it was almost like everything was happening around Crouch and Walters and I, I just it just those subs when you have Sobe and then he doesn't put Juf on the bench they just drove everyone mad you could just see that uh yeah I don't know how Ramadan Sobe did yeah. come on. I mean if you look at a match report it says 1-0 Stoke missed a penalty and Walters had a free header. Shakiri should have hit the target. Uh, Shawcross had a header cleared off the line. But in the end, I think Bournemouth were deserved winners. Um, we'll we'll go on to how they behaved in a minute, I guess. But in terms of our attacking play, our most likely source of anything happening to me looked like coming from Arnautovic. And even then, he was making uh, he was overhitting passes and. Uh, not finding the guy you wanted and stuff like this. Um, yeah, the the substitutions were were funny, and it kind of demonstrates to me the kind of lack of nuance Mark Hughes has. He doesn't seem to know what to do, and he I think he thought just throwing on a couple of experienced uh, strikers would just solve everything for us. When I think you just you've got to be a bit cleverer, and I think he was out thought by Eddie Howe yesterday. I don't think Howe, Howe was particularly 
too tactically aware. Sort of, he got his wingers pressing nice and high, so we struggled to get Bardsley and Peters into the game, and they're so important to us keeping possession. But I just thought to describe Hughes' performance, it was tacticless. It just seemed like he had no plan, no right. This is where Bournemouth's weaknesses are. And then, yeah, as you say, those subs, which we see time and time again when we're 1-0 down. I mean, I don't think subs have ever truly changed a game for Mark Hughes. I suppose you could look at the West Ham game at the end of last season, but that was an anomaly, really. And it comes to a stage, sort of, Ben wrote a blog earlier in the week that's gone down um, like a a ton of bricks um, (laughs) about how if we don't finish eighth, maybe it's time to start looking at other managers. And I think that's what we've got to accept because... When I criticise Hughes, I'm not criticising him because, oh, I'm worried we might go down. I'm criticising it because we're a side who finished ninth three tiers in a row and we want to carry on finishing ninth or above. And this season, even in those those six games that we've just had, apart from the United result, we don't look like we're going to do that. We don't look like a team who belong in the top half. We just look really mediocre and average. Yeah, this is the thing for me. I, I see... In the in the wake of a Stoke defeat, I always see on social media like, oh, uh, can you imagine these fans having gone to when we lost 4-1 to Bristol Rovers in the third division? And, uh, you know, we were really shit then. So this this is like heady days for us. And I understand that point of view. I understand like um, a bit of context and I understand that where our position today is so much better than it's been in ages for us. And so I'm, I'm kind of sympathetic to that mindset of, oh, well, could be worse, could be in League One kind of thing. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you can let uh, the current squad and management off the hook through a bad display, because a bad display is a bad display, whether you're in the Premier League or League One. And I think... We we are perfectly within our rights to criticise Hughes when he spends the amount of money he has. And the performances against not great sides like Bournemouth aren't up to scratch. I mean, we've spent £80 million on Imbula, £14 million on Joe Allen, uh, our attack, a few hundred quid on both. Yeah, our attack's probably worth hundred, about yeah. £50 million if you if you look at it. Yeah. yeah. We, we've spent all that money in the midfield and yet there's still people going away from the game saying we missed Glenn Whelan, who we who we signed in the championship. And I, I've i got a lot of respect for Glenn Whelan, but I don't think people are going away from the game thinking that because Glenn Whelan's a fantastic player. I think they're going away thinking that because we just played so poorly. Yeah, I think that's a more of a damning indictment of Mark Hughes than it is praise of Glenn Whelan, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and you... And also, you, you brought up the transfers yeah. there, and I think the two major transfers that we've made this summer are, are slightly worrying. Obviously, Joe Allen is a fantastic footballer, and he's done fantastic things this season for us. But if you look at sort of the players he was brought in instead of uh, Lamina or Keeson Young, who are proper holding midfielders who were there to sort of either support or take over Glenn Whelan's role, Allen isn't that player, he's, he's a tireless midfielder, he'll run around even when he's sitting. And with Bonnie, Bonnie was our second choice to Barahino, and how those two players are in the same, how you can think that oh, they're similar types of striker is ridiculous, because it was clear we needed someone like Barahino who would 
run the channels and be really, really lethal in front of goal. And Bonnie isn't that. I mean, if you looked at the pitch map yesterday for average positions, and I love heat match and stuff like that, but Alan, Bojan and Bonnie are holding hands on it. They're all on top of each other. And yeah, I just don't think we've done the things. And Bournemouth, we've got to beat them at home. This has been our problem for three years. Watford last year is the one that sticks out at home. Sort of, we waste nine, 12 points by not beating good sides at home. And then we finish six points off eighth, seven points off seventh. And we go, oh, oh well, we'll try again next year. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I think uh, if there's a one word to describe Hughes's kind of term at Stoke City, it's inconsistency. Because when we're good, we're very, very good. But when we're bad, we're awful. And I think we saw uh, some of the bad yesterday. Like you mentioned about uh, bringing Crouch and Walters on. Now, I understand it to an extent because you know, Bo- Boney and Bojan didn't contrib- contribute that much. But if you bring in Crouch and Walters on, what do Crouch and Walters rely on? They rely on crosses into the box. And when you have Shakiri and Anatovic as your wingers, they're not your byline crosser in kind of guys. So there's just a, de- a blatant kind of disconnect there between the kind of players we have up front who rely on a certain kind of service and the kind of guys who we have on the wing who play a different way entirely. So we've definitely got a... It, the thing I, the way I'd describe our team yesterday would be just imbalance. We're, our defensive midfield didn't have any defence to it. Our, our wingers were too, uh, I don't know, narrow maybe for the attack we had. Our attack was too... You know, Bonnie was playing... Uh, too far away from the goal and not holding the ball up enough. Bojan was all over the place, but uh, I, I mean, we've got, we've got to put this into the context of okay, we've been six unbeaten and won three of them, and you're perfectly entitled to say we've beaten three of the worst teams in the league. So uh, we 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 really hope that this would be the game that kind of set us apart from the other lower table strugglers if you like but uh disappointing definitely disappointing what did you make of uh bournemouth then um a lot of criticism online for their kind of yeah uh behavior and gamesmanship and stuff like it's that. all part of the plan though isn't it we did it when we were a side like bournemouth and we were fighting sort of the second you get hold of a lead you do anything to stop that lead but then obviously it annoyed me i mean today i've just set the photo of uh, Eric, Peter, Eric Peters with his arm around Jack Wilshere's throat as my phone background because it makes me laugh because mm. he was just he was just scum all day on that page. He, he's he's such a git, Jack <laughs> Wilshere. I can't stand him. I, I, I wonder if they play like that uh, without Wilshere because I think that might there's 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 a certain sense of he's come over from Arsenal and made them behave like this kind of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they would. I think because you, you look at that side and they are experienced football league players. Most of them have had two, three, four seasons in the in the lower divisions and they know that that's, that's how you win a game. You, you, you sort of wind the opposition up and frustrate them and then you do get Charlie Adam taking hacks at people's shins and stuff. Yeah. I, and I think Mark Hughes was quite sensible in his post-match interviews. He, he said whilst he was uh, disappointed with their level of gamesmanship, he's, he also said, we know what it's like to be in a position where you wander up away from home and you take your time and whatever. 
But I think it definitely had an effect on us. Not only did it kind of slow the tempo of the game down where we wanted it to be at a higher tempo and put them under a bit more pressure for sustained periods, it also kind of messed with our heads a bit. I wonder if Bojan would have scored the penalty had their keeper not uh, wasted a lot of time before that. Not making excuses for Bojan because at the end of the day he's not hit the target. It's a poor penalty. But uh, yeah, they were definitely kind of they were very clever in what they did, and I don't think the referee stood up to them at all. I think it, even in the first half, they we, they had a foul given against him, and they booted it the other side of the pitch, and he didn't give a yellow card. And you're thinking, hang on, are, are, are you trying to lower your le- yellow card average for the season, or are you actually trying to referee this game? Because it was pathetic, some of the time they spent on the ground, really. Yeah, I think you mentioned in the referee, the refereeing performance was just awful from front to back. Um, I mean, Shawcross, I, I looked at it and I tried to look through it with rose-tinted spectacles at first and be like, oh, well, he's not in control of the ball and Grant's definitely getting the ball. Yeah, no, that was a that was a penalty. But I don't think it was a red card because they changed the rules, haven't they, on the triple jeopardy or whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it was just... And like you say about the Bojan penalty, it didn't look like a Bojan penalty. Bojan's penalties are normally, he does put them down the middle sometimes, but they're done in a tricky way where his body looks like he's going to stick it in one of the corners or he actually does put it in one of the corners. But he just looked angry and frustrated and just kicked the ball as hard as he could and it hit the bar. Mm. But the worst thing about that penalty miss for me is that's it. Bojan's going to be dropped for the next five matches now. Well, 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 is he though? Because uh, Alan's picked up his fifth yellow card of the season, which means he can't go back to attacking mid- uh, midfield for the Watford game. So you'd imagine maybe Bojan will play though, unless he wants to, I don't know, bring in Bueller back yeah. um, off the bench. Um, it, I think there's been a lot of hindsight from a few Stoke fans about uh, Bojan taking the penalty because I've seen comments like. Oh, it should have been Arnie. It should have been Boney. All this stuff and like, Bojan's not missed a penalty before that. Before that, get one against Bournemouth. Like, I had a sinking feeling that he'd miss it because I always have a sinking feeling that we're going to miss a penalty. But like, you you can't just sort automatically like say, oh, why was he even taking the penalty? He'd scored every one he'd taken before us before that. So it does annoy me when people are like, just use hindsight to prove the point I think Bojan's been getting a lot of stick for this performance and yeah okay obviously he had one of the worst games he's had for us but are you really suggesting he was any worse than any of the attacking players apart from Arnautovic I don't buy it I think a lot of people have things against Bojan for well it seems like no reason really because he doesn't defend and I don't really want my number 10 to defend very much yeah um, there's definitely agendas and Certain fans will like to see players do certain things. Like some people like really hammer on Arsovich and Shakiri for not tracking back, whereas other fans will see on Arsovich and Shakiri as players who shouldn't track back at all and should be just up there trying to create all the time. So it's dif- difficult. Um, we all have our favourite players and players we don't agree with being in the team. For me, that's Charlie Adam, and unfortunately. Whenever I did get out of my seat yesterday, it was to have a go at Charlie Adam for doing something stupid. Like There was one occasion where he had a shot on the edge of the box. The shot was blocked. 
and he put his hands on his head saying, oh no, I've missed that. Whilst, like, two feet away from him, they're breaking away with the ball. And it's like, come on. Just, yeah, I think this goes for almost all the players yesterday. There was brainlessness at times. There was just, like, either panicking or making the wrong decision. And uh, I think that's what cost us in the end, because... I don't think their free kick they scored from was a free kick, but um, Peters was getting done by uh, Joshua King on that right-hand side a lot, and I would be looking at bringing a new left-back in in the summer because there's been a few times already this season where Peters has just been completely slaughtered by the right winger on the opposition. Yeah, I, I really like Eric Peters, and I do think he's sort of last season... It was almost prior to his new contract. He was, argu- well, not even arguably, I think he was the best defensive left-back in the league. But now it's almost like the Whelan situation. The squad seems to need a bit more than just a holding player who will win his tackles and distribute the ball. Because the amount of times that we, as well, we're so reliant on Glenn Johnson to score crosses from. There's, and when your striker's Wilfred Bonnie and you only have one player in your squad who does standard byline crosses there's something wrong there and that's the problem with Peters I I really love him but yeah I don't think he's got too much future in the side okay Um, so disappointing result disappointing performance join us after the break come on you buddy what the fuck yes what's Stoke what's Stoke what's Stoke We've just arrived at the Messiah, the team's here. All we need now is a Stoke City win. I'm back and I'm joined by Russian Stoke fan Ivan Korj. Well done. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, um, uh, Ivan, um, first, of all, first of all, why are you a Stoke fan? Well, hello everyone. Uh, yes, it's my voice. I'm that Ivan or Ivan from Twitter and from Russian Stock Fan uh, Twitter page. You know, uh, I became Stock Fan um, well nearly seven years ago. Yeah, when we uh, when we had uh, Tony Pulis, Rory Delap, and uh, and so many wonderful characters in our team. Uh, you know, the first game I watched, I watched. Unfortunately, I haven't been to Great Britain yet. Uh, the first game I watched was Stoke versus Liverpool when we drew, uh, I think, 1-1. Uh, Hood uh, has has scored the equaliser, you know, and I was impressed by the audience, uh, by the Tony Pulis' uh, mo- movements. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I fell in love in this club and I hope that uh, I will die as a Stoke fan. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... How do you uh, keep in touch with the Stoke uh, games then? Uh, do do Russian te- uh, television show Premier League matches? Or? Yes, of course. The Premier League is widely popular in Russia, even though uh, the, the our television uh, is showing some big matches like Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, and so on. Uh, yeah, I I do uh, watch store games on the television, but it's very rare. So I have to 
uh, I have to hack some internet sites to to see some trash games like uh, Crystal Palace versus Stoke City, but but it's nice. Uh, well, uh, there are I, I think at least uh, 300 people in Russia who follows uh, Stoke. Uh, you that many yeah not that many because uh, stoke haven't been in russia yet for the european cups but uh, Sto uh. stoke was in ukraine uh, so there are so many ukrainian fans uh, uh, with us uh, doing uh, you know all this situation relationship with ukrainian and russia but in our community everything is fine yeah i i have to admit uh, yeah everything is is just brilliant. Uh, you know me on Twitter. I chat with so many stockies uh, around the world and in Britain as well. Uh, it's a shame, really, that there are not um, stock fans, stock Russian stock fans on Twitter. So I have to chat only with you in English. But it's okay for me because uh, uh, my uh, my practice of English unfortunately lacks. So this podcast, by the way, is is a good choice for to practice my English. Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> very. It's a, that's so great to hear. Um, yeah, I, I hope you can uh, penetrate some of our accents because uh, sometimes I don't even know what we're saying. Oh, your accent, uh, your accent, your accent is beautiful. Really, uh, I, uh, I <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, well, if you if you if you compare Potteri's accent to uh, George's George George's uh, accent uh, in the north of England, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it is really beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, on to the football then. Uh, Stoke City, obviously. A terrible result yesterday against Bournemouth, but uh, what what have you made of the season so far? Well, uh, this season uh, isn't that uh, decent. It is it, it is okay. We as we sit uh, somewhere in the middle of the table. Uh, we played some really tough games against uh, top guns like uh, Man City, Tottenham. Uh, but uh, do you know what is really uh, frightening me? Uh, that we haven't won um, a game in the Premier League against the teams who are not uh, in the bottom three. Uh, we yeah. won. We won at Hull. We won versus uh, Swansea and uh, and Sunderland, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we, it's it's a, it's a real shame that we can't uh, win with uh, those teams who can compare to us. Even Bournemouth, uh, even uh, I don't know uh, West Bromwich. Uh, West Bromwich games are. Oh, I I I think I have uh, nightmares uh, prior to this day because you know that West Bromwich game was Jesus. Yeah. So I think there are uh, plenty games to 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 understand what I what we are going to achieve this season I I can agree with Ben who wrote uh, lately uh, uh, recently I'm sorry uh, uh, that uh, ninth eighth place uh, finish is okay but if we finish below eighth uh, we should consider um, we should consider some changes at the managerial team that's for sure because we have the the uh, squad that can compete for the European uh, places. Not even in the cup, but in the Premier League. Play, uh, Premier League. Premier League. Even though the Premier League is toughest, I've uh, is the toughest I have ever seen. Yeah, it's um, it's a divided opinion that article by Ben. Uh, I think definitely a lot, a lot of Stoke fans feel that like um, the league is so tough that 
uh, it's maybe too much to ask that we finish eighth. But um, but but you but you think uh, maybe ninth is a bit maybe disappointing considering. No 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 I uh, no I would be happy if we finish ninth or tenth uh, because uh, because uh, top half top half finish is good for uh, for the fi financial uh, side of the club. Yeah, why not? Uh, I love that stability because I uh, remember the season uh, last uh, TP's uh, season. It was uh, it was frightening really and. Um, I don't want uh, this uh, to happen again. So I'm I will be happy yeah if we finish 9th or 10 but uh, if we finish below 10 11 12 yeah I think we have to ask some questions to Hughes and uh, his managerial team yeah you, uh, okay. be because we made some really really quality uh, signings like Joel and it was the best the, the best summer signing in England uh, that's for sure yeah, um, I was just about to ask uh, which players you think um, you do you think are uh, playing well this season, and uh, obviously I assume Joe Allen's one of them. But uh, anyone else you think maybe should be uh, playing more? Uh, playing more, you know, I'm uh, really upset seeing Mark Muniesa at the bench. Uh, I think he's really quality player, but uh, Hughes doesn't know how to use it, how to use him well. I think his proper position is on the wings of the uh, of the of defense, uh, not in the center half. Uh, it's a pity to see. Uh, it's a pity to see. It's it's a pity not to see Jack Button playing. Obviously, he 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 has an injury, and we wish him well. Uh, absolutely, uh, Lee Grant is playing well, so it'll be tough for Jack to return to the starting eleven. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you uh, were able to watch the Bournemouth game on Saturday. Yes, I did. I haven't watched the first half, but I uh, rewatched it uh, today's uh, today in the uh, morning. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was. It was just of one of those games. Yeah, we remember when we yeah. when we lost at uh, Norwich, uh, it uh, in first uh, Hughes season and some other ugly defeats. So that's that's fine. That's fine. It's one of those games. Yeah. Okay, and um, in terms of our next two games, then we are away at Watford and home to Burnley. Also, these kind of teams that are. Lower, mm -hmm. lower down in the table. Yeah, we, absolutely. We, we have. To, we think we should. We have. Yeah. To, we should. We have. We must. Uh, we must uh, have some points from these games, and any loss uh, out of these uh, opponents, uh, I think, uh, it'll be a disaster. Really, we have to aim. No, we uh, we have to aim. Yeah, to win at least four points from these games. Uh, I don't see why we can't beat Burnley at home, even though we lost uh, twice them. Uh, I think uh, last season and uh, so many games at Watford uh, away. I think we played uh, really. I think I think we played really well uh, last season. You remember when uh, Junior, uh, our favorite uh, Junior Texera, 
they sh- they share a plate. So, even though he uh, he was subbed, no, he was subbed. He came uh, on for I think um, um, John. No, not well, not for John for Johnson. Yeah, and we yeah. and we conceded right now. But I do not blame blame him. He he uh, he's earning his salary. So and he's living in England. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, in terms of uh, going back to uh, Russia, then in terms of your friends and stuff, uh, do they all uh, follow the Premier League? Uh, and if so, are they all kind of Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea fans? Or... I've got so I've got so many Arsenal fans. So you 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 know my pain uh, because when <laughs> when when we play away, uh, it's a real disaster for me because we are always losing at the Emirates. Um, so I've got so many Chelsea fans. So, uh, but by the way, uh, yeah, I've got not only top guns fans. I, I've got I've got uh, West Ham fans, Southampton, uh, Swansea. Uh, and even uh, there are so many fans of uh, Leeds United. Yeah, Leeds United is, is even more popular than Stoke in Russia. I, I am afraid to say that. <laughs> okay, that's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Man. Yeah, because please. uh, because Leeds played uh, with um, with so many Russian teams uh, back uh, um, uh, fifteen years ago, ten years ago. So yeah, it was good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, so I think I think that's it uh, from us, uh, Ivan. Uh, thank you very much for talking to us. Uh, definitely, uh, we'll give we'll uh, implore all Stoke fans to give you a follow on Twitter. What's your uh, Twitter? My Twitter address. My Twitter. Let me see. My Twitter is Eve Koz. <laughs> I don't know how to how to pronounce my uh, my surname proper in English, but uh, I think you. I think for those who listens uh, Drivels of Wizard, uh, they already know me. So yeah, and th- thanks, David, for for the for this opportunity to participate in your podcast. That's a, that's an absolute pleasure, uh, Ivan. Uh, thank you very much. Bye bye. See you, man. Right, something a bit different for this second half of the podcast. On Thursday, me and Chris went to the Football Blogging Awards in Manchester, and despite not being nominated, we had a thoroughly good time and met lots of interesting people, as you're about to hear. For this half of the podcast, we've spoken to Stoke City Blog will be with you, Arsenal Fan TV host Robbie, John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap podcast, and a former England international striker. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so this is Chris here. I'm at the Football Blogs Awards in Old Trafford. Boo! Uh, and I'm with Liam and Dan from Will Be With You. Now, uh, we, we're surprised because we didn't expect another Stoke blog here in Old Trafford. But uh, who knows? It's, it's, it's incredible. Gents, um, what's your thoughts on the season so far? Um, it was a tough start, obviously. Nobody wants to see the team losing by three, four goals every game. But we've, in the past few games, really picked it up. We've looked like a solid side. I know it's not the few wins haven't come against the best teams, but um, a win's a win in the end of the day. So the confidence is high in the side. So hopefully bring it into the next one Saturday. Oh yeah, I mean, so we're playing. Obviously, we're playing Bournemouth on uh, Saturday. I have no idea when we'll put this out, but what's your your thoughts? Do you think Bournemouth are a side that can threaten us at all? Are we worried about Bournemouth? 
Um, shouldn't be, really. In theory, should we? I mean, this, this is a team who've just lost to Sunderland and Middlesbrough on the bounce. And really, in fairness, with Shakiri back, obviously, Alan, Bojan, Marko and Altovic back from suspension, we've got a plethora of attacking options now. So, in theory, you'd say we should have enough to beat Bournemouth. But who knows after the international break? I mean, it was, uh, I think it was two seasons ago. We lost against uh, Leicester after we beat Man City from the international break. So the, the funny old things international breaks are, <laughs> and you could say it probably came at a bad time for us in, in fairness. But I mean, are you the same, Liam? Are you, do you think the Bournemouth offer any threat at all, or um, we, like, like he said, we should be beating them? But <laughs> it's like it's an indifferent game. Like it's funny side, Bournemouth. They can get a result from one team, but then it's yeah. like the. Well, we we were we were saying like earlier today, it's interesting that Bournemouth, they're they're almost an inoffensive team. I don't really know many of the Bournemouth players, uh, obviously Jack Wilshire excluded, um, and so I don't know whether they, whether they they threaten us too much. Um, as a, as a game, then obviously we're at home. How do you see it going? Do you think that Wilfred Bonney's going to continue his form? Uh, yeah, what do you see happening? To be honest, all I can see is Bournemouth. I, th I think they'll try. What they'll try and do is I think they'll try and park the bus and hit us on the break with the counter. And to be honest, if they do that successfully, it's going to be a tough afternoon because still at the moment they struggle for break teams down when they go defensive at home. And I think obviously if they've got the pace of King and Wilson on the flanks and Wilson obviously up front and players like Wilshire in behind, I think I think they could hit us on the break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially could cause us some problems. I mean, you've only got to look to the game last year. I mean, uh, I think I think they scored to make it 1-1, and they could have, if, if it wasn't for Butland saying, they could have been 2-1 up with it immediately. I think we were a bit lucky, so it's not going to be an easy game, but it's one you think they should win, they should. Yeah. You're the same, Liam, do yeah. you think we'll win it? Yeah, should, should win. Oh, yeah, so, so. so, I mean, one last thing from me then really is, Obviously, we had a bit of a dodgy start. We lost to Palace. Did you guys ever creep into the Hughes out camp at all? Never, there was a, you never, know, no, never, never, not once. I've, on my <laughs> profile, massively stayed with Hughes. I thought, oh, I just thought, I didn't think the choices out there. I mean, I think it, it was Steve Bruce who's been. We would have been stupid for getting rid of Hughes. So, I was, I was, at Palace, I honestly thought this is where Coates might might trigger and might and might get rid of it might get rid of you but you, you, you've got to be grateful to him that he hasn't he's stuck with him and I think now we'll reap the rewards for it okay are you um, the same Liam it was Palace Palace is the game that sort of got me got me wondering whether it was uh, it was going to be the right idea but like he said there's no one out there for us to really go for unless we were like aiming high with like the Mancini's but <laughs> um, yeah it would be it, it would be reaching for the stars a little yeah. bit wouldn't it wouldn't it so Fair, fair enough. Right, well, and then in, finally then from us, where can anyone who's listening find you guys? Where can they find you? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at, uh, at Will Be With You, or they can go to our website at www.willbewithyou.co.uk. Excellent. Lovely speaking to you, gents. Right, so it's Chris and Dave here. We're with Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV, which we've said on the podcast before, big fans of the Meltdowns. By, by, uh, particularly after the the parti right? particularly, <laughs> particularly the ones where after you've lost to us at the, Brit few, at the Britannia, you, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, like it's it, not the Britannia no more, is it? It's not. It's, it's the Bet, 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 B
a lot gets made up every year when we come together to play about rivalry and Stoke fans booing and blah de blah, blah as an Arsenal fan do you care at all or do you know what we do um, I, th- I think I, I had a, I did a video <clears throat> excuse me last year where I was sort of having a little rant at Arsenal fans saying listen when you go to Stoke these guys care passionately it's almost like their local derby <laughs> they want to smash us right so you know we need to care about this game more just as much as they do so I think you know obviously I think you guys probably care about it more but we do care about yeah. it because we've got a bad record at Stoke and we know that it's like a sort of game where it's that conflict of styles where it used to be I'm not even sure if it's that much anymore so I, I, I love the game I love the game I love the fans up there every, every time I, I go up there they're always uh, you know they're always really up for it you know so that's, it's a great game Would Ryan Shawcross get in the Arsenal back four? Of course he wouldn't <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> No chance I mean, no chance. No chance. He might have got in the old back four with Tony Adams and things like that when you were allowed to kick people, but I'm not sure if you're getting there now. I mean, no, you know what? Our back four at the moment is pretty decent. So. Yeah, it's, it's got better. I, I have to admit, you know I mean? I, I have to admit, I, I do think Shawcross is a good player. Mm-hmm. I think he's an underrated player as well. I think, you know, I look at the England's back four at the moment and I think to myself, you know, is Kale much better than Shawcross? I, I honestly do look mm-hmm. at it like that. So, but... Yeah, he's not, he's not as a bad a player, but I'm sorry, I do have to hate him for what he did to Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move swiftly on. You, you mentioned then about uh, the, the, the potential change in style. Obviously, when we first came up, it was the whole Rory Lap long throw. Yeah. It was the, the clash of cultures, as you, as you put it. I mean, as Stoke fans, we would like to think there's been a massive change over the years. Do you... When we get to these, these matches in the season, it's always social media... Arsenal fans telling us we're, we're the rugby. Orcs, rugby. rugby orcs, yeah. it, it isn't as simple as that, though, is it? It's not no more. I think you know you have changed. You, you have sort of changed your style up. But I must say that when you play us, I do see that you kind of revert back to a lot of that rough <laughs> tactics. It's almost like Marcus says, right, we're going <laughs> to change it up a bit. So I still think you know you really do come out to <laughs> kick us a bit. You know what I mean? So. No, I, I used to love the Rory de Lap days, to be honest. And, you know, even though publicly I'd say oh, <laughs> rugby stuff, but listen, if it's a, it's a weapon. I saw Gareth Bale the other day doing long throws. So, you know, respect to de Lap. That's it. Mean? He brought it in. Thanks, mate. Yeah, well, they're playing. Football's coming home. We better right, go. So thank, thank you for nice, that. Nice I'm here with John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap. John, you've deservedly won the uh, Football Blogging Award for the podcast. Uh, what makes the Anfield rap so good? Well, first of all, thanks for saying we deserve it. That's very kind of you. Um, what makes the Anfield rap so good is, first of all, there's a lot of people who contribute. Uh, Neil said on stage there's over 70 people who've got stuck in in the last year, and that's a lot of people who give the time up and to get involved. And it obviously means a lot of wide different opinions as well. You know, two people have got exactly the same opinion on football, so diversity of opinions, people getting stuck in, but also the passion, you know, the passion that only true fans can give, really, and that's what tonight's all about, really, the Football of Blogging Awards is all real fans and real passion, and we're the people who go every week, we're the people who go when we can, when we can afford it, and give out over the football team, and that passion, you can tell it, and you can tell when it's faked, and you can tell when it's real, and everyone in this room's got it, it's real, so I like to think we've got that as well, so, yeah, both of those things, really. Now, uh, that's the last one going to be nice to you because you robbed us of a League Cup <laughs> final last season. You robbed us of a League Cup final. Uh, but yeah. ha- Now, 
Stoke and Liverpool is a funny one because whilst you beat us at Anfield generally, there was also the 6-1 at Stoke yeah. towards the end of Ben Rogers. So you kind of never know what to expect from Stoke-Liverpool games. Uh, obviously, in December, we play you the day after Boxing Day. How do you see that one going? You know, it's, it's a way in the future, but we're playing well at the moment. Liverpool are playing really well. They're attacking well. They, they look good on the ball and they look dangerous every time they score. And I think for, for Liverpool, they, they can cope maybe a little bit better with the busy Christmas schedule than Stoke, maybe a bigger squad. But listen, our lads don't like going to Britannia. Like you mentioned that 6-1, but you know, the only time I could ever remember winning there in the leagues that, that Phil Coutinho last minute screaming and that took an absolute screaming to win the game. Apart from that, you know, you talk about around Christmas, there was a Boxing Day one where you guys did us over in your place, I remember, and our lads, we don't really like going there, it's a tough place to go, it, it feels windier than anywhere else on earth, and you know, it's our place to play, so, but 27th I think will be alright, because hopefully we'll still be playing well, and as I say, normally over Christmas the bigger teams do a little bit better, because just because the squads are bigger, and it's easier to rotate. Thank you very much, John, and uh, well done for not only winning the awards, but uh, rubbing it in the noses of the sun. You <laughs> thoroughly deserve it. Well done. Right, so Chris here. I'm, I'm with Stan Collymore, of all people. Stan, you watch a lot of football. Are you a Staffordshire man as well? And to be honest, my, my family is. I'm not. I'm from Yorkshire, that's my friend. Right, you, you'll do. We'll oh, adopt that's, you. that's fine. <laughs> what do you think of Stoke so far? Obviously, we've had a few seasons of transition. What do you make of it? Well, it's been difficult because when you go from such a kind of like formulaic way of playing that Tony Pulis did, grafters, organised, 4-4-2, to then get a manager in that wants to get the ball down and play, wants a different kind of player profile with the likes of Shakiri, with the likes of Arnautovic, is that he's going to take time. I think Stoke City fans have been incredibly patient in that transition. Now, obviously, at the beginning of the season, it becomes very difficult because it's obviously a very competitive league, and I think that a lot of Stoke City fans were perhaps expecting quietly to be comfortably in the top half of the table. But some good res results recently. I think that Mark Hughes has learned from his mistakes as a manager. Um, I thought at times in, in recent games, I think they've been sensational the way they've got the ball down and played it through the lines. So he stuck to his beliefs, he stuck to his principles. They've got a, a, still that core of players like Shawcross, like Glenn Whelan, like John Walters that work their socks off for the side. So the balance of both should hopefully keep Stoke City not only firmly in the division, but looking at the top half of the table rather than, than underneath that. That's brilliant. Thank you, Stan. Thanks for your time. No